it's a squeaky clean introduction by Anne to growing trends. You know, there are special people in everyone's lives. People that influence you, people that inspire you, people that make you want to do things differently and think outside of the box. And for me, one of those people is very, very, very dear to me. As a matter of fact, it's my daughter, my lovely daughter Nellie, who has experienced so many incredible things already at such a young age and is truly an inspiration to me. So, dear Nellie, Thank you for joining Chris and I tonight on Growing Trends. We appreciate your joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about the topic that we've decided to discuss because I think it will hit close to home with a lot of people. I think so. I think that um, it already has hit um, home for a lot of people uh, just in the last decade. Um, so should I, should I just jump in? Just jump in. Okay. So I guess uh, what, what's most passionate to me is um, living a healthy lifestyle and living, um, you know, mentally healthy, spiritually healthy, physically healthy, but as well as being environmentally responsible and making that something that's realistic to, you know, um, people under the poverty line, people of low income. I think that there's a common um, idea that, you know, you can only be you know, environmentally conscious or healthy um, if you have money and if you have time. And I think that's a really common misconception, and it takes a, a big toll on, um, you know, our society, and um, especially on the younger generations who, you know, have come up in a, a really hard time for our country, um, you know, with the economic depression, uh, recession, um, and when there's very few jobs and, uh, you know, obesity and things are on the rise and we're having all of these issues, um, it's affecting us. And um, so that's kind of how I've uh, just kind of found my passion is growing up, you know, um, when this kind of hit us. I, um, I started in the medical industry. I was just a nurse's assistant. I did some hospice. A lot of my patients were mostly cancer patients or um, people that were suffering from really extreme, extreme obesity. Um, and I was inspired to not, I, I, I would say that being in the medical industry, you know, I was wanting to, you know, make that into a career, but just working, you know, in it for what little time I did you know, at such a rank, nurse's assistant, you're not, you're not the most, um, special person there, but it, 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 I was there doing the dirty deeds and, um, it affected me and it made me want to do something more for people. I, uh, instead of being there at the end of their life and helping them, you know, ease their way out of their life, I just thought, you know, our life, we need to live like it, like life is preventative care. Um, and preventative care for both physical health issues as well as mental health issues. Um, it's true. You know, I remember watching my mother pass in the last few years, and I think the thing that struck me the most is her mind began to go. I wondered how much of it was just connected to the lack of water mm -hmm. that she had, just dehydration. She couldn't swallow. And just that simple act and how it impacted her mental health and attitude was 
profound. And I know today at my uh, experience in a conversation today with a group of women was that talking about being at poverty level and how all you can afford are the starchy, fatty foods. And so what's so, been fascinating for, for you is that you have lived that lower income <laughs> lifestyle. Very humble. But you've done it very successfully and been very healthy for your for your family. So how what is the secret, Nellie? How are you doing this? So that's right. My life, I would say so far, has been very colorful. Um and I've been really blessed in that way. But you know something I, I strive, I guess, you know, you mentioned we all eat these starchy foods and, you know, people of low income, you know, their diet is mostly going to be very pale and brown. And really, you know, obesity is, we were discussing this earlier, but obesity is um, a symptom of poverty. And though you may be overweight, you're not starving, sure, but you're still malnourished. And um, people are, are eating these starchy, you know, foods that have been heavily processed, They're, and we're being fed like cattle. All that we're eating is soy, corn, wheat, you know, um, and... It, it's, it's, uh, we're not, even though we may grab that bag of chips, we may eat that cheeseburger, we're reaching for the popcorn, we're filling ourselves up, we're, we're feeling full, we're still craving more because we're still craving nutrients. We're, our body is still not getting the nutrients that we want. And so something that I tell people, you know, you need to taste the rainbow. You need to eat something of every color every day. And that is not an easy thing to accomplish. And, um, for for most people, especially year round, you know the growing season they fade away, and and you're you're stuck with um you know what whatever's uh, the imports are during the winter months, um, and so there are it, it's a total it's a total transformation of your lifestyle. Um, a lot of people complain because you know they say you know oh I try to eat organic foods and whatnot, but they're so expensive and. You know, you if you want to eat organic, you don't go to a grocery store. If you really want to improve your life, you have to build um, a community and you have to do things together. So if you don't have the time to garden, then you need to go and you need to meet a farmer. You know, one thing that I love, I I got involved with farms um, a few. I, I moved from Kansas to Portland because I was inspired by how Portland was just the hub of farmer's markets. There was so much going on there. I heard all about it in a documentary called Ingredient, which was kind of a, a sequel to Food Incorporated, which kind of um, set me in this spiral. Um, so I went to Portland, and, you know, it's always rainy in Portland. So I wanted to get outside, and I wanted to do something, you know, with my daughter. I was a single mom, and it was important to me for us to go do something recreational that was cheap but also constructive. So I um, volunteered at farms. Um, and being on the farm, you know, even though I was a volunteer, I wasn't trying to work for any pay, the farmer would give me food, and he would, he would, he'd always give me food, and whenever you buy from a farmer, you're not, especially if you're going to go there and help, um, you know, they're, they're going to give you the best price, if it's honest. If you're going to their farm, if you're making the effort to go and see, um, how they're growing their food, and you build a connection with them, they're going to give you an outstanding price. And they're always going to give you more than what you pay for, um, if you even paid for it. If you're working, you know, if you're there working for the food, um, 
or you're just working, volunteering, guaranteed you're going you're going to get something and carry away with something. Um, and that's kind of like a lost art. You know, um, women and children and people who were poor would used to glean the fields or they, you know, um, they would go to farmer's markets, you know, at the end and they'd ask for whatever was left. And, um, you know, that was how they would get their food. But, you know, if all you're eating are all these carbs, you know, sure, you don't want to stoop down to that level, but you, you need to eat better. You need those nutrients and just go and build the connection with your farmers. Um, there's a lot of ways to do it. There's, there's localharvest.com. That was one thing that I used to use where you enter your zip code and you, find, you can find all the farms in the area and you can call them up and see if they'll allow you to come to their fields and pick or volunteer. Um, you know, if you're going to have your kids with you, you should ask if that's okay. Or if you're going to have your pets with you, ask if that's okay. You can go to you pick your, or, or let's see, pick your own dot org as well. Website needs a little bit of work, but um, it lists uh, states, and you can go to your state. It'll list then by county, by all the farms. People have left reviews. Um, it'll tell you if the farm is organic or, or not. A lot of a lot of farms are not organic, and I'm not saying you need to eat certified organic food all the time. That's why the food at the grocery store is so expensive. I'm actually anti-organic labeling. I think that it's kind of a conspiracy. They make farmers jump through a lot of hoops and a lot of licensure, a lot of um, yeah, permits and whatnot. When I don't really think they're the ones that should be paying. You know, why why are they paying for permits when they're not doing anything for their food and like we're, we're letting you know, these guys who pay, or they just drench their, their crops and pesticides and they don't have to label anything. So that's kind of backwards to me and I'm kind of against it. But what you can do if you're visiting the farmer, if you're calling them up, you can ask them, do you spray? What do you spray? You know, and they'll tell you, and it's just, I hope they'll tell you, it's the honesty policy. If you don't believe them, go to their farm. If you see weeds growing, then that's a good thing. <laughs> and if you see some bugs, that's going to be a good thing. Um, the thing is, you know, when it comes to bugs and weeds, after a certain point, after your plants are so high, weeds aren't going to kill them anymore. Farmers know that, um, and and they'll they'll they won't try to you know kill them after a certain point. So if you see see weeds at a farm, that's not a maintenance issue. That's just you know they're just letting nature do its thing. And um, if you see bugs, that's why farmers plant a variety of crops because sometimes bugs will come and they'll eat, you know. Um, certain certain plants and and maybe you're just not going to eat those plants right now but something like flea beetles they'll they'll disappear when it gets too hot and you know aphids you know after a specific time of year they'll be gone so um you just have to have this relationship and you have to communicate and you need to know what questions to ask and you just need to be knowledgeable and really it's so worth it you put in this extra work in the beginning you'll find you know who you really like to go to whose farms and and you you end up saving so much money and you get cultured and you it's a great experience for you know your family um i think that's another thing that really affected me is uh i i I would say in the last decade i have at least you know i i could count on both hands the amount of friends that i have that have been in my age that have died of drugs or suicide, and um, I think a lot of that is because they suffered from depression because they, they're missing this element of, you know, 
human, you know, um, connection. You know, we, we don't have connection anymore. We're, we're getting our socializing through computers. And I'm not here to criticize that. I think commu- computers are amazing and awesome. And you can learn anything, you know, at your fingertips. But at the same time, we're, we're not getting, you know, all of our services are, are you know, we, we, we go to the grocery store. We pump our own gas. We drive our cars, you know. We're, there's no more... Um, there's, there's just no community anymore. There's no more interaction. There's no interaction, and that's essential. That's essential. You know, no one should be carrying this burden of, of you know, loneliness. The, the community has been uh, eroded completely. If you think about it, part of the problem is the planning, and, and when you look at uh, strip malls and um, big boxes and things like that, they're all designed to be... Um, totally devoid of communication. Yeah, they separate you. Whereas if you look at the the traditional way that um, people started to live together, they started off with a hamlet, two or three families got together, then they had a village, then they had a a marketplace or a crossing of a river or something like that, and it became a town, and then it became a market town where they sold goods and services, and then it became a city. And that's how the the, uh, European system worked. Yeah. And it still works to this day. Here, you have absolutely nothing. It's just one road after another, and people pop up houses in subdivisions with no interaction between different um, values or incomes or anything like that. They're all set at one point. And they, that's why the house prices in this country do not go up in value once you get to a certain level, and why they are ten times the price in Europe. Mm. Because... They're in a community, mm-hmm. and, and the church and the community hall and the, and the uh, library and the bank and the post office, they're all together, mm-hmm. but you don't see that here. And, and it's a really, really tragic situation that was caused by planning in the 50s. Yeah. Nellie, when you talk about knowing the farms locally and purchasing from them, what about the person who doesn't have, maybe they have food stamps, they don't have money that they can buy from this farmer? Mm-hmm. What so, other options are there? So there's a lot of, some, some farms do accept EBT. Um, if it's a big enough farm that's been around and it's well established, then they, then they might, I've, I've come across a couple that do accept EBT. Um, another thing, you know, another thing that you'll start seeing at farmer's markets, um, now given farmer's markets are not year round and I don't think usually these programs are year round, but if you go and you shop at a farmer's market, then, um, a lot of times there are programs, sponsors that are meeting what, how, whatever amount, or at least a portion of amount that you are spending in EBT. Usually farmer's markets work by tokens because a lot of the farmers don't want to handle cash or card, um, and they might still handle that but um tokens are are kind of to avoid the whole debit card thing and so you go in you use your card you tell them what amount you want and you get tokens and there's ebt tokens and those tokens can only be used on cold foods because ebt doesn't cover hot foods but there will occasionally um at certain you know really um popular farmers markets there's match programs and they'll match a portion of how much you're spending and that's a great incentive to get people with on EBT to go to the farmers markets. Another thing is that if you are of low income and 
and and I know this from personal experience, and you know that you know you need to use your EBT to get foods, then you you decide ahead of time before you go what you need. Okay, it might not make sense for you to get everything at the farmers markets, but whatever is in season, it does make sense. If it's because if it's in season, it's going to be low priced. So it doesn't make sense to eat hot peppers in in you know March. Okay, hot peppers do not naturally grow in most you know states. You know in in you know early spring. Um, that would be a good time for you to go and buy cabbages. Cabbages have a great storage life. You know, when cabbage, you know, you, you can just keep peeling away leaves and the, the inside of a good cabbage will stay good for a long time, especially when it's farm fresh. I mean, you can keep your produce from farms for months. It's unbelievable because it's so fresh because, I mean, they just picked it. Um, so you go, you know what you want to buy before you go. You look around, you compare prices. Okay, this farmer's got a deal on apples. He's doing... You know, I don't want to buy apples that are more than $2. I don't want to buy, actually, you don't want to buy anything that's more than $2 a pound. You're going to always try to stay under that. So you look around and find, okay, what's what's cheap right now? What's growing right now? And you buy it in bulk, if you can. You buy it in bulk, and you, you're going to eat off that for a couple months. And you make a trip like this maybe once a month, and you get the things that are growing that are cheap, and you get it in bulk. And everything else, you know, that you need, you're going to find the cheapest place to get it in town, and you're going to try, if you can, buy it in bulk. And you're going to freeze things. Or um, if you start to get really, you know, if you're, if you're a woman who's, or, you know, if you're an individual who has a lot of time on your hands, I totally recommend getting good at canning at home. I'm, I've really gotten into canning because it's so empowering. And for my wedding, um, I asked for a pressure canner, and I love that thing. What I did is I went and I got pounds and pounds of chili peppers. Now, peppers don't weigh very much. They're pretty light. Pounds and pounds of chili of That's of chili a lot peppers. of chili it's peppers. It's a lot of chili peppers. <laughs> and I canned my own chilies. And I and I, you know, and I've gotten into canning tomatoes. I'm not the best at it. That's kind of confusing for me, but I've also canned my own beans and, you know, um when you're canning your own, not only is it crazy cheap cuz gosh, I mean, it's like, especially with beans, you're, it's like maybe 35 cents per jar of beans that you've canned, that you paid for right there. And it's fun, and it's interesting. It's definitely a science experiment for your kids if they're doing it with you. And um, it's also healthier. You know where, you know, that produce that you're canning came from. Um, but, you know, that, that takes time, um, and not everybody has time. So definitely buying in bulk is important. Um, what about bartering? And bartering is important too. Yeah, absolutely. If you, I, I'm the reason I guess that I try to share all of the information I can is that I want to empower people. Maybe one person's going to be really good at canning jelly. One person's going to be really good at canning jams. And here's this farmer with apples. You've got a great trade circle. You know, that's a triangle of trade there. You know, you you bring what you have and you say, hey, could I could I give this to you or you know, go to the farmer and ask him, hey, if I help you pack up your truck, could I have some fresh cilantro or parsley, you know, um, and then the gleaning as well, going at the end of the market. Not now, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't exactly promote going and asking for things for, for free, but um, if you offer to do a little work for them, like help load up their truck for someone, a farmer who might be working alone that day, then that's, 
that's a great thing to do. But um, buying a bulk, it I cannot stress how important that is and buying seasonally because, you know, if you're not eating seasonal, then you're eating something that's imported. If you're eating something that's imported, you're not eating something that's nutritious. As well as, you're really not paying for nutrition when you buy things that are imported. You're just paying for the transportation and maybe the packaging. because And that right there is most of the expense and why your food is so expensive. Don't eat strawberries in the middle of November. Don't eat bananas if you've got all these other choices of locally grown fruit because you're not really paying for the quality of food. You're paying for all these additional expenses, which is also wasteful. You know, you, it's, we're living in a time, we're all very aware that, you know, we should not be probably shipping things across the world to get them to us, you know, and we should not be, um, we should not be trying to wrap everything up in plastic. Um, especially if that plastic can't be recycled, which most of it, if it's, if your vegetables are coming in plastic bags, you know, it's not going to get recycled. Um, most likely it can, but it takes a lot of energy to do that. So, um, when you're buying seasonally, you're, you're just being more responsible and you're, um, you're eating what you should be eating. Now that's another thing when you're, when you're eating seasonally and you're eating, you know, locally, um, you're eating what your body needs. You know, you're, you're, you grow up in a certain environment. If it's winter, then you really, and, and all that's growing are potatoes, onions, um, or actually they're not even growing. They're being stored, right? right? Potatoes, onions, squash. Maybe you've got some carrots. Maybe you've got some beets that still made it in the winter storage. Beets can stay good for a long time. These are all things that you should be eating winter. You know, you should be eating starchy foods because your body is burning more calories trying to stay warm in the wintertime. In the summertime, you're eating melons, right? You're eating cucumbers. You're eating juicy, juicy fruits like like raspberries and peaches, all these very watery, sugary drinks because you need to stay more hydrated. So, and, and, and onions in the wintertime are helping to fight off, you know, um, um, sickness. So, you're eating the things that grow and that ends up being more healthy for you because that's what you should, that's what your body needs right then. Um, it, it's, it's not, it's not good for the environment to be eating things that aren't, that are, you know, not seasonal and it's not good for your health for where you live. Um, something that I think is a really cool, you know, if, if, if you have the time, this isn't really a, um, as good for people on EBT, unless they're able to put some money away. But um, if they want to buy organic food wholesale that's not necessarily, that they can't find from a farmer, Azure is a bulk wholesaler. And what How Azure... How do you spell that? A-Z-U-R-E. And they'll send, you, they'll send you your first catalog for free. After that, it's 45 cents with any order. But if you can get a group of people together that, and you know... Everyone really likes, you know, coconut oil, and everyone really likes, I don't know, gluten-free baking mix or something. Um, but that stuff can be expensive. If you get it from Azure, you buy it in bulk, you'll get a really good price um, for it because it's wholesale. And, you know, you can buy even, you can get an even better price if you can get more people to buy into it. Now, you need a certain 
you need a certain like bottom line. You need to be buying a certain amount of goods in order to buy from Azure. Um, so so that's, kind of forming a collective. You are forming that, that community that we're talking so about. So that, that strength in numbers mm-hmm. would translate into discounts as you're buying in larger quantities. And I'm mm-hmm. supposing that you could probably go to a local dairy farmer and buy cheese that way. Anything. You could probably go meat that way. Yeah, anything mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Usually if I'm, you know, going to go to a farm and I'm, you know, I might not pick everything, but I might still buy something from them, you know, pre-picked. Like, I, I hate picking tomatoes, you know, in large amounts because it leaves this yucky stuff on your fingers. Anything from the Nightshade family leaves this icky, icky stuff on your fingers when you pick it for, you know, a long, um, extended amount of time. So I always ask people, you know, hey, do you want a case of tomatoes? I'm going to get a case of tomatoes. I know if we both get a case, then we're going to get a really good price. And you do. You do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just takes a little bit of community involvement and organization, yeah. which may be somebody in a inner city apartment complex mm-hmm. or their little neighborhood. It would be easy enough to organize. Mm-hmm. And then one pe- person needs to make the trip yeah. with one vehicle instead of each individual family trying to find the time and a vehicle right. to get somewhere to get in contact with the farmer. And I got to tell you, that case of tomatoes that I got lasted me like like three months. It was insane. They stayed good for so long. I've had peppers stay good in the fridge for the same amount of time. It's in, it's that. So when I go to the store and I get peppers and they've already start wrinkling to me, you know, on me, I, I can't help but kind of, you know, turn up my nose and just like, how old are these peppers? I'm just so disgusted. It's just like, <laughs> what, how old are these? How long have these been sitting around? Why people have not eaten these yet? But anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to be a snob at this point. I've been, I've been so spoiled, but um, a tip if you're going to order from Azure is they give you a separate sales uh, catalog. So there's a catalog of just the things that are on sale. So if you want additional discounts, and you know it can be kind of overwhelming to look at their catalog because they do literally everything. They do anything that's organic, that's processed or in bulk or whatever. You know, um, it's a great it's a great company to get involved with if you're kind of an artisan. Um, producer of some kind of commercial food um but it it's uh they'll have anything so sometimes i just like to stick to the sales catalog just because it's smaller and it's a little less overwhelming but then i also know not only am i getting this wholesale price i'm also getting something that's discounted um on top of that so again it's just look for what's cheap right then don't 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 take on too much just just eat what's cheap if you're, if that means that you're going to end up buying something that you don't really know what to cook with, I have this great website called foodblogsearch.com. You can enter whatever you have in your fridge. You know, um, you can enter chicken, um, balsamic vinegar, and you know, tomatoes. And you press search, and it'll pick up all of these great blogs that have been reviewed and rated, and you know. Um, commented on and they usually have beautiful pictures and these bloggers are amazing and you've got these great recipes right there that use your ingredients. What was that called again? Foodblogsearch.com. It's a little easier than Google search because every time I use Google search it only pulls up recipes from the Food Network and they're not always the best. Well, this yeah. has been so <laughs> inspiring as I knew it would be. Chris, do you have any questions before we conclude tonight's interview? No, I was just thinking of some recipes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you want some with some red wine. 
Always red that's wine. That's what's in yeah. the... So, oh, no, maybe white wine. Maybe white <laughs> wine would be in your fridge. That's that's correct. Well, Nellie, thank you. This has been great information for our listeners all over the country and all over the world because it really doesn't matter where you are. The things that you've shared are going to be universal. People can bind together in their communities and make a difference Absolutely. in the way that they consume. So. Oh, well, I, have this, I had a really great mom growing up. So. <laughs> you did. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Ann Miller with Growing Trends with my host, Chris Coop. And Chris, you want to give people the addresses where they can find the blog? Well, I was wondering about that, but then I thought I'd better call you mum. <laughs> yeah. You... <laughs> I love where this goes sometimes. I have no idea where it's going to go. Yes, mum. You can call me mum if you need to. Well, you know, I mean, it makes it so much more interesting. Mm-hmm. And besides which, I'm totally irreverent, so it doesn't really matter. Well, that's true. Um, yes, we can. Um, Growing Trends is can be found at uh, www.growtrends.com. Or if you want the blog, uh, that's the blog, sorry. Um, if you want the podcast, it's growingtrends.org. So we have two places to be found, plus our Facebook page. And is... we are now on iTunes. Oh, that's right. We're on iTunes. Da-da-da-da. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Where's the blast, the, the fanfare? I'll put that in later. What is our, uh, on, uh, do we look for growing trends on iTunes? Is that right? Yes, it's growing trends. Growing trends. All right. So listeners, thank you wherever you are in the world. Bon appétit. Uh, <laughs> bon nuit. Good appétit. Good appetite. Bon nuit. And and cheers. Uh, <laughs> cheers, that's right. And good night. A votre santé. Yes. <laughs>